from the Long Riders Radio. On this episode, we have interviewing with the infamous Reno John, Big Money Rally Master. And also we have, for the Heart of Texas Rally, James Stovall, one of the co-rally masters there. All that and more on this month's Long Riders Radio. Okay, welcome to episode 19 of Long Riders Radio. Hey, Justin, how you doing? Doing great. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. Sunshine, blue skies in Oklahoma. Nothing really to complain about. You got some uh, rainy weather up here in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, the rain has arrived. Uh, it was beautiful all week, and then come Saturday, it's st- actually about Friday night, it started raining, and man, I think we're making up for the entire, uh, entire winter in one weekend, because it has not stopped the entire weekend, and so good weekend to just sit home and uh, enjoy the, enjoy the, the comforts of home. You know, Oklahoma always has uh, pretty strong winds most of the time. The last two days, the flags have been just laying against the flagpoles everywhere I go. I've had a little hitch in my get along. My uh, left hip's been bothering me for some reason. I can hardly bend over at the waist. So I thought, well, I'll lay off the bike a couple of days. And, of course, then it comes along. It's like El Primo riding weather. So, <laughs> Well, I can't complain too much about our weather because we've had just some gorgeous days. I mean, Temperatures up in the in the mid sixties to near seventy degrees. I got a a couple of really nice rides, uh, one up into the towards the Canadian border, and I hit a couple ferries on the way, or a ferry on the way back, and uh, just a, a bunch of weekends that have just been absolutely fabulous. One of those get up before the sun comes up and ride until after the sun goes down. So gotten a lot of BMR points out of it. That's for sure. Speaking of BMR points, if you check the leaderboard, you'll see me right down there uh, at zero. I haven't even uh, got a single point yet. So, well, actually, you have so few points, you're not even on the leaderboard because well, you need well, to you need to you need to score points to get on the leaderboards. So. <laughs> I thought there was some kind of broken piston award or you know something like I think uh, a couple of rally masters have for last place or well, there think, you know. You know there is a you can get points for just putting a picture of you and your bike up there too. So you could at least get on the on the you'd probably jump up to let's see, you would jump if you got any points you would jump up to a hundred and fortieth position, just like that. Well, I may have to just go out there with the camera <laughs> this week and score a little bit. I managed to like I told everyone I finished last week and uh, managed to get up into the silver category this week and I got my eye on gold so. I'm up at uh, currently 22nd position. We'll see if that lasts uh, through the weekend, but currently at 22nd. You had any more new Farkles to that uh, GS of yours? No, I've been looking, got my eye on some uh, some Christas for the for the front of it. Um, really, the more the more I've been not riding at night this winter, and the more I'm really wishing I had more uh, more illumination up front. So. But that's probably a thousand dollars away, so that'll be a little bit. Um, probably the next thing I'll end up doing is probably a new tank bag because I'm really fine. I've got a, a Wolfman tank bag that I had on my KLR650 and bought the universal adapting adapter kit to put it on the GS, and it doesn't really fit all that well. So I, uh, I'll probably hook myself up with a, uh, a new tank bag and call it good for now. Hey, didn't you switch uh, radar detectors a while back? I did. I uh, I I was a longtime user of uh, Valentine One and switched over to the adaptive um, motorcycle one, and that's it's it's proven pretty good. Um, it's definitely I'll, I could do a full full review on it in a later episode, but just the the kind of uh, quick and dirty on it. It's it it's waterproof and it's definitely made for a motorcycle. It's got an LED that you can aim right at your face so you see it it's things i'm finding i really would like i like from the the valentine is knowing whether the signal's coming from in front of me or behind me that was nice um and there seems to be a lot more in the false alarm uh category with this one than i did with the valentine but uh, it's definitely saved my uh saved my rear a couple times that's for sure you know, speaking of Farkles, I don't know if you saw on Facebook or not, I think it was Eric Lips posted a picture of uh, all the recently installed lights he got from Justin on his uh, bike. And 
you know, we joke about retina burn for Bambi, but I think we're going to have like spontaneous <laughs> combustion if he hits the highlights, the, the high beams out there on the road. You know, forget about retina burn. We're going to talk and start in forest fires with those things. Yeah, I've got some, I've got Pia 910s on mine and uh, I've, I've aimed them down to try to be a little bit, a uh, little bit courteous to oncoming traffic. But uh, I, man, it would sure be nice to just have the, the eye of God coming down the road illuminating my path yeah i think uh, auxiliary lights are probably besides my russell seat are the uh some of the best things i've done in my bike as far as it really makes a, a world of difference out there riding after dark if you got good lights on the front of it well the other thing with the clear water is it looks like they've got a, a harness that integrates right into the gs wireling harness so you can have everything controlled by the the oem high beam uh high beam switch so um, they'll be at the, the kind of half on, uh, setting with a dimmer switch that you install and then you flip over to high beams and they go to hundred percent. So that's probably sometime down the road, but I got to save some money and, uh, have some time to be able to rewire everything too. Yeah. Hey, speaking of big money rally, I heard you talk to the, the man that runs the thing, uh, did a little interview with him for this episode. Is that right? That is correct. To talk to Reno John, and uh, he's not only doing the the big money rally this year, but he's got a new rally uh, that he's putting together in the spirit of the BMR called the BMR X that we're going to talk to him about. So uh, here's Reno John talking about the BMR and the BMR X. All right, on the line we have John Austin, better known as Reno John to those in the LD community. Uh, my first contact with John, although he doesn't know it, um, was when I was getting ready to do the five and dime rally. I uh, was I found a write up that he had done on the ten and ten rally, which was really good and has some really cool pictures of him, and uh, really found it useful um, for my preparation. But uh, he is also the rally master of the big money rally and the new uh, BMR X rally that's coming up in June. So, John, welcome to Long Riders Radio. Thanks, Justin. Uh, appreciate you having me. I was wondering, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I've been around motorcycles for a long time and uh, kind of uh, inadvertently got caught up in uh, rallying and uh, long-distance riding a few years ago. And um, it was kind of a nice um, nice change of pace from the, the more touring riding that I'd been doing. And um, I found a lot of fun and um, met a lot of cool people. And then a five-year-old came into my life. Well, a baby came into my life who's now five, and it kind of changed up uh, my riding a little bit, gave me less time to actually be on the road. Um, so I kind of spent some of that time and have been helping other people and, and putting some rallies together and that type of thing. So I was wondering how you came up with the idea for the the Big Money Rally. Because, um, I mean, when I when I saw this, it was like, wow, this is the rally I would do if I was a rally master. Because the idea of a cyber rally where you're you're uploading things as you go. Can you talk a little bit about that? Okay. Um, well, I'll try to make it, it short. It's a little bit of a long story. Um, the idea, as far as the component of taking pictures, it's, it started with me um, doing ride reports taking pictures, coming home, putting them together. And then it was like, what if that could happen real time? So I started doing that just on, on casual rides and even a few rallies where I would actually, you know, upload them as I was happening. Then the, the kind of the natural thing from there is like, wow, could a rally be done like this? So kind of some head scratching and we started um, and we came up with the idea to do it. And at the time, there was the, the Hoka Hay and some other big dollar rallies with prize money and stuff. And it was kind of creating a, a buzz and, and um, stuff. And we thought, you know, well, let's kind of play off that. We'll call it the big money rally um, as a joke because there was no prize. It was uh, basically, if, if you went back to the first year, it was, it was pass or fail, meaning you had to get so many points to, to be a finisher or not. And we've, we've still keep that component uh, as the primary um, goal for riders. But that's kind of how that um, that came up with. Um, it's evolved quite a bit from then. When we started it the first year, we were basically, the idea was, well, we'll just look at everybody's picture at the end of the day. Uh, we'll add up their numbers, throw it in a spreadsheet, and then just post that spreadsheet. And that's how we did it the first year. But it was um, it caught enough interest, and we saw the potential that um, kind of spent the time to make the scoring a more integral part of it. And um, what we have now, in my opinion, is, is pretty fantastic, where it's pretty much real-time, and we can um, 
take the numbers, the scores, and um, kind of do all kinds of things with them in various reports. And a lot of people use those and, and find it pretty interesting. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how the scoring works? Because I think that's a pretty like, pretty interesting part of this of this uh, this rally on, on how exactly you're going to get scored and what has to be in the picture and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's a good question because we've kind of learned, um, and a lot of it the hard way, from trial and error and just from going through. We, we score an amazing quantity of bonuses. Um, last year, we did over 20,000. This year, we're on pace to do way, way over that. Um, I mean, we'll do well over 30,000. Who knows what it's actually going to end up being? And because of that, and because we're giving the bonus listing out to people and they have a lot of time to digest it, we really have to be... Um, critical of the pictures. And the reason is, is fairness, because every one of the submissions, everybody can see. It's full disclosure. So you get a lot of, well, how come they got it and I didn't? So we really have to have a pretty strict discipline on what we expect from riders. And we've tried a lot of various things to, to try to get people to to do what we want. And we've changed our bonus listing and the criteria quite a bit over the years. But the punchline is we really need people to get close to the bonus. Uh, we say fill up your picture with the content. There's a couple reasons for that. Number one is we want riders to make that effort. We don't want sloppy pictures. Um, the reason being it's full disclosure. Uh, once people see that they can get by with a weak picture, then pretty soon they're pulling up 10 yards shorter and 10 yards shorter and 10 yards shorter. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just creates a really a really bad scenario. Um, so we're pretty tough on that. Um, the other reason is safety. Um, if you allow people to take pictures from a distance, they're gonna cut corners wherever they can. They're gonna be in the road, whatever. We want people in most cases to be getting off the road, in a lot of cases getting off their bike. Um, it's a multi-month rally. There's time to do that. And um, so we're, we're pretty critical and we're asking the riders to make those kind of efforts. We, we use the term, term partner with the scoring team. And the way we look at it is every rider in this event should have the attitude that they're part of the scoring team and they should be making efforts to make every one of their pictures easy to score. And that's an expectation that we have um, for the riders. Not everybody's really on board with that. And um, for those that aren't, you know, there's a lot of other rallies that are probably better suited for that. Well, I can, uh, I can, Throw in my two cents about uh, how quickly this this rally gets scored. That it's it's one of those things you don't notice until it takes five to ten minutes for your bonus to get scored. And you're like, well, wait a second, this usually happens right away. And it's like, well, okay, maybe somebody had to go <laughs> have a life or something that where they weren't sitting waiting for these bonuses to come in. But it's so quick to get scored. It's so nice to a lot of times if I've like I for example I forgot to put the the code of the day up on one picture and I knew about it five minutes later and was able to ride right back to the location and, and, and get the, get the bonus. So it's really nice having that, uh, how quickly the, the bonuses are scored. <laughs> That's a fun story. Yeah. You know, it is, it's amazing. And, um, we never imagined that it would be done as fast as it is, as it is now. And in most cases they are scored, um, within a couple of minutes. And that really is amazing. Um, it doesn't always, though, and the way it works is we've got a number of great people scoring this event, and they're all volunteers, and they're all doing it whenever they can. So whenever they can, maybe um, you know, in the middle of a boring conference call, or while the uh, dinner rolls are in the oven, or while they've got a few minutes here and there. So we try to do it where people aren't investing hours and hours, but hopefully they're investing a lot of 30 seconds here and a minute there and just popping in whenever they can, anything that needs to be scored, doing it. And um, that's how we do it. And for the most part, it's it's good. And and um, it's it's very uh, common for, for things to get scored within a matter of minutes. There's times when it doesn't happen that fast. There's times when there's just a number of scores on top of each other. And there's times when there's nobody around for uh, – you know, maybe a half an hour or so. So it um, it just depends, but for the most part, it really works. So we're um, there's a I don't know if anyone you, you can get the uh, the rally pack for the Big Money Rally on the on the Big Money Rally website, and it is absolutely enormous. Can you talk about uh, how how you go about getting the bonuses and and what what you decide what goes in, what doesn't go in? 
Yeah, um, and again, this is something that's really evolved. So every year, um, the, our bonus listings improve quite a bit, and they become more accurate, and we get sharper on the criteria that we're looking for. But um, it would never happen if there wasn't some really great volunteers that do this. Um, year one, I put it together. That was kind of the uh, the, the experimental year. And uh, the next year, a guy named John Langan, who's just um, who's just brilliant, he took on the whole bonus listing by himself. And I, I can't tell you how many thousands of hours he um, he put into it. And did a great job. But we realized that um, there's no way to keep that kind of intensity going. And um, so we started bringing other people in. And in turn, they brought skill sets and good ideas. And it's really, really grown from there. So there's a number of people that contribute to each bonus listing. Um, often the themes start way in advance. For example, we've got two major themes for next year that are well underway already. Um, some of the themes that um, are going on right now in this year's rally started many, many months before the um, the rally started. And um, people put in um, big efforts to, to do their theme. And then we go through and we um, we try to make them as um, as clean as we can and and um, try to balance things out for different regions of the country. Uh, we can never make it perfectly fair, but we try to make it um, you know for the most part that the same effort is required to get um, finisher status regardless of where you are. Yeah, I definitely have noticed that. I mean, there's a I notice there's a lot of lot of bonus locations in my area but it it really was apparent from reading the listing that you did make a very concerted effort to make a equal number as much as possible at least uh, across the country so there wasn't one area that was uh that was had an advantage over another but uh, i have I, I can't tell you how much fun i've had on this rally it's really given me a uh a great excuse to go riding and luckily we've had a really mild winter around here too so i've had a lot of opportunities to go riding um so I can't thank you enough. Um, John is also uh, working on a new rally called the BMRX that's going to be June 5th through the 7th. And John, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about that. So it came about, we're, we've, we're always adding new things to the big money rally, both from just how we apply um, things and do them better, but also bringing in new functionality. And the big money rally has really um, come a long ways uh, over the years. And there's some things that we wanted to tie in to make uh, that would work in a more, I hate to use the word competitive, but say a more traditional rally, which are typically uh, a shorter time frame um, that maybe have time windows, um, mandatory rest stops, um, routing on the clock, um, and those type of things that um, haven't been a part of the big money rally, but things that we can certainly do. We're also introducing um, some things that nobody else is using. For example, um, we call it BMR time, which is a timestamp that um, is taken when the actual picture is taken. And we're going to be incorporating that and some other things um, as components in BMRX. So it's really bringing in some functionality that we want um, to try out, that we want to test, but more importantly, things that we think are going to bring a really good riding experience um, to people that want to rally. Um, and it's it's really targeted for BMR riders who are looking for something a little different. It's targeted toward um, IBR riders who are looking for a, um, a multi-day multi rally a few weeks before the IBR to kind of sharpen things up or test things. And then for people that are long distance riders, but maybe not sure about rallying, who want to get into a, um, an event where um, they can, you know, test test a rally environment without having to ride across the country or or a long ways. There's nine um, nine start and stop uh, points in this rally. So I know that's kind of a long answer, but those are kind of the ingredients that we wanted to put into this, and we're really proud of it. It's going to be a it's going to be a very fun event. You mentioned a little bit about the nine start and stops. You want to talk about the uh, the triangles and how those will work? The way we're doing this rally, the framework is, imagine three triangles, one in the west, one kind of in the midwest, we're calling that central, and one in the east. And you can choose any of those three triangles. Now, obviously, a triangle has three points. Each point, or we call them corners, can be a start and stop location. So that effectively effectively gives you nine places you can start and stop. 
And the idea was with those nine locations, there's going to be one in hopefully fairly close proximity to just about everybody. Certainly, you don't have to ride across the country to do it. And that um, allows it. So basically, um, when you pick your triangle, you're going to be competing primarily against the people in that same triangle. But because we're working hard to make the uh, triangles as, as um, consistent and equal as possible, um, you can also kind of see how you'd be doing against people in other triangles. Keep in mind, it can never be perfectly fair, but uh, it's, um, it's, a, it's a good tool. We believe it's a good way to do this rally. So what's the minimum going to be to finish the rally? Okay, so and a great question. The minimum is just completing the uh, corners of a triangle plus uh, doing two mandatory rest bonuses. So the way that's going to work, Justin, is you're going to have a start at one of the corners. You're also going to need to earn the other two corners of the triangle and end up where you started, meaning you've got to you know, go all the way to, around the triangle. And you get to pick the direction any way you want to do it. You're also going to adhere to two mandatory rest bonuses. If you do those two things, complete your triangle and do the rest bonuses, you will be a finisher in the event. Now, there's going to be a lot of bonuses out there that um, you can go and earn. And all those points will be added to your, to your, to your base score. And uh, that's how it's going to be um, going to be scored. But to finish the rally, it's completing the triangle plus doing your two bonus, your two rest bonuses, and then everything you get on top of that is gravy. All right. So how much how much is this going to cost me if I want to uh, sign up for this rally? So there's three pricing tiers. Um, the base price is fifty dollars, which is you know hundreds of dollars less than um, than any comparable rally out there. Um, and we're hoping people will use that to, you know, get, get good accommodations. And, and uh, we just want to, you know, make it a very cost-effective rally. The same thing we do with everything, hence the big money rally. Um, so $50 is the base. BMR finishers, BMR 2015 finishers, it's half that. It's only $25. And then we're also giving a dollar discount to the IBR uh, folks. So they're only paying $49. Sounds good. I, I asked that like I don't know. I signed up like the moment you put it out. So <laughs> I'll be I'll be there starting in Bend uh, along with qu- quite a few other people. It sounds like we're going to there's going to be some dinners the night before, some informal dinners the night before for people who are coming in. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a hoot. I think so, too. And, you know, you brought up the dinners and the start point. Um, there's going to be some start locations that are going to be more popular than others. Um Bend is going to be popular. Ridgecrest will be popular. Those two will be popular on the West. There'll be other ones that are popular in other triangles. And there'll be some good camaraderie. You know, people are going to, going to meet there. They're going to do some things um, and, um, and then go ride. And um, it's, it's going to be a fun time. Do you, have a, do you have an estimate? I mean, obviously you don't want to say exact, but about what, how far away from that triangle can people expect to find bonuses? Well, I think that um, everybody's going to know that answer one hour before this gig <laughs> kicks off. Well, let me give you a real generic. I, I, I won't dodge that question completely. You're going to find quite a few bonuses that are going to be fairly near any kind of generic routes. Now, there is no base route per se. You just you've got to go you know point to point any way you want. But you know, of course, there's going to be some kind of generic um, paths that are going to be you know popular for the people going point to point. There's going to be a, a fair number of bonuses fairly close to those generic routes. They won't be worth a ton. The further you get away from um, that generic route, uh, the fewer bonuses, but the higher point value. So in a very you know simplistic generic way, um, that's how that's going to work, and that's consistent with how you know all competitive rallies really yeah, that work. That makes sense. Makes total sense to me. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with the BMRX? No, I think, um, you know, from the initial um, signups, we've got a lot of people and even better, we've got really quality people. Um, so it's definitely going to be a great event. We've got uh, we've got room for more. So anybody interested, um, you know, please don't uh, hesitate to look into it, ask questions. And if it's a good fit um, and you've got, uh, you know, a fairly strong riding tenure, um, you're absolutely welcome to, to join in the fun. And we're all sh- all sure to have a groovy time. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be it's gonna be unique and fun.
Well, this has been Ryder 417, uh, a.k.a. Justin, uh, talking with Reno John. And, John, thank you very much, and we look forward to talking to you maybe after the rallies are done. We can uh, have you back on talk about how they did. Sounds great, Justin. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, uh, Reno John, for talking there with Justin about your rally and doing a little bit different this year. I, I think the listeners will have enjoyed that. I think, uh, Justin, did you ask him those 12, uh, what we call them again? The Long Distance Dozen. Long Distance Dozen. And yes, I did. Uh, so here's uh, Reno John giving, in, giving us his version of the LD Dozen. All right, we're back with Reno John. Are you ready to go? I'll do my best. I'm not real good at tests, but I'll do my best for you, Justin. All right, these are easy questions, I promise. So uh, what was your first bike and why? Oh, okay. First bike was a two-stroke Kawasaki KV75. That's with the uh, balloon uh, tires. And it had been circa about 1971. And um, I was just a youngster. And uh, fond memories of that bike. In fact, I'd like to pick up another one and, and restore it. They're a pretty neat little bike. So, so why was it that bike? What, what, what made you choose that one, or was it chosen for you? It was, it was chosen for me. I was, um, I was lucky enough where um, my parents got me a little bike, and um, I just rode the heck out of it. Initially with a, uh, a football helmet and uh, no other uh, riding gear. That was that was back in the good old days. All right. Where was uh, I'm guessing it wasn't on that bike, but where was your first overnight ride to? Oh, I'd have to think on that one. I would have to say uh, riding up uh, in southern Oregon. Uh, gosh, I'm not sure, but I, I would I would dare to say it was probably uh, on the southern Oregon coast after coming over the, uh, the mountains from the valley. Nice. All right. What's, uh, what's your day job, i.e. what pays for your long-distance riding habit? Um, I do work in sales and distribution. Um, I have a technology background, but um, my real uh, forte is, is basically sales and, and distribution. All right. What's your favorite non-motorcycling hobby? Oh, that's an easy one. That would be trying to keep pace with uh, my now five-year-old. And um, <laughs> anybody that has a, has a young one know that that's a, that's a pretty intense uh, challenge. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Mine's four, so. Oh, great. All right, what's your, uh, what's your favorite road? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I'm just going to throw this one out there because I think it's a, it's a great one. Um, and it's in southern Oregon. It goes from the valley uh, a little north of Grants Pass over to the coast. Um, you can take it into Powers and Agnes, and it's called Bear Camp Road. And that's, uh, I'd have to say it's its a favorite just because it's unique and it's very functional, and it is, it's quite an adventure. All right. So are you a Garmin Basecamp person or a Microsoft, Microsoft Streets and Trips person? Uh, I'm a Streets and Trips person. Um, but like everybody else, maybe having to uh, to look at other options. Yeah, be forced in the future here. Yeah. All right. So you get a new motorcycle tomorrow. What's the first Farkle you're going to put on it? First Farkle. Oh, that's easy. MP3 player to listen to your podcast. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are your current bike or bikes, as in your case, and why? Um. I've got a uh, heavily modified DRZ 400 that um, is a lot of fun. Um, it's not a um, not a super performance dirt bike, but it really works well for uh, the stuff that I like to do. And it's got uh, great suspension and some other uh, performance stuff. Um, I've got a another heavily modified bike, an FJR, that's got um, all the LD uh, stuff um, plus extras. Put keyless, rewired the whole thing, did keyless. Uh, ignition and stuff and then i've also got a um, a v-strom 1000 all right uh, what was your first rally first rally was a the utah 1088 <laughs> all right and what's the what's your favorite or most interesting bonus location you've ever visited favorite bonus location the next one the next one. Oh, that's a good one all right last one and you kind of already answered this anyway but uh how do you pass the time on long rides? You listen to music, audiobooks, do nothing. You know what? I'm always looking across the horizon, and anytime I see a road, I'm like, "Where does that go? I wonder what's down there." 
and you can't help but just imagine as you're looking out there thinking maybe where that goes, and then you make a note, next time through here, I'm going to go find out. But uh, I'm always looking for a new road to, to try it. Um, when I'm riding, I'm just constantly seeing roads and, and asking myself, where does that go? Well, hey, thank you for answering our LD Dozen, and uh, appreciate you talking with us today. Hey, Justin, really appreciate it. And um, congratulations to you on being a BMR finisher and uh, being part of BMRX. And um, appreciate this opportunity, and, uh, and cheers to you. Thank you very much. All right, that's Reno John. All right, thanks again to Reno John for uh, being a good sport and a- answering our questions for us. All right, well, coming up later uh, in the month of April, we have uh, the Heart of Texas rally put on again this time by James and Karen Stovall. And this time, I think uh, Brian is going to be uh, co-rally master with them. So James is good enough to talk to me about his rally this year, which consists of both a 12-hour and a 54-hour version. So James Stovall. Hey, this is Mike. I'm on the phone today with James Stovall, one of the co-rally masters for this year's Heart of Texas. How you doing, James? I'm doing good. How you doing, Mike? Oh, pretty good. I'm about like you. We were talking about before we started the recording, uh, about ready for winter to be over and riding season to commence. But I think we've got a little ways to go up here in Oklahoma. Well, it seems like it's going to be the same way all over the country, and and Texas isn't immune to it either, unless you live way down on the south part of the Padre Island. Yep. Hey, Heart of Texas coming up in April. Hopefully we'll have sunshine and blue skies for a few days before then. But uh, tell me a little bit about the rally this year and what the riders can expect. Well, first off, uh, this year we went to a 54-hour event as well as kept our 12-hour. And uh, we chose some real good uh, uh, bonus locations spread out all over the uh, south, I would say, um, and going into the the uh, Great Plains of America. There's uh, there's going to be quite a few good uh, bonus options for a lot of people to put in some good miles. So the 54-hour and the 12-hour version, I understand that you're sending out the rally packs in advance to uh, participants, whether they're in the 54-hour or the 12-hour this year. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, we're going to send out the uh, 54 hour, April 11th, and then on April 18th we're going to send out the 12 hour. Um, and then uh, what's also new is we are not doing the shotgun start. We are all going to start and end in beautiful Fredericksburg, Texas, right down smack in the middle of the hill country. Yeah, I made my reservations there last week, and uh, looking forward to a road to 12-hour version last year. It was my uh, second rally ever, and enjoyed it a lot, and I signed up for the 54 this year, so I'm looking forward to that, especially getting that rally pack in advance. I didn't fare too well at Big Tex last year, getting the rally pack uh, the night before. I made a couple of mistakes that were very costly, uh, so I won't have an excuse this time around your rally, will I? Well, yeah, uh, you're going to be able to uh, to get you a good uh, idea, and you'll know exactly what you might want to do until you come to the riders' meeting. I'm going to throw something else out there that, you know, you may just not want to do your plan and do something else that uh, I enjoy putting together for everybody or for those who choose to want to participate is the all-or-nothing challenge with the unique bonuses. Okay. But I'll let everybody else know, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that at the riders' meeting. Uh, which on uh, April 22nd. Is your uh, rally full yet? No, sir, it's not full yet. Uh, we're we're hoping that it'll uh, start picking up a little bit as soon as the, the snow gets out of the way and everybody can get some good plans for their riding season. Um, right. You know, it'll be... I'm thinking that we are... The Heart of Texas is the first multi-day uh, uh, rally that will be the beginning of the riding, start of the riding season. So hopefully we'll get a whole lot more people come up, even for the 12-hour. 12-hour, if someone wanted to ride that one, what is your uh, registration fee for both a single rider and two up on the 12-hour? On the 12-hour, it's $100 for the single, and then it's going to be 125 for two up. And how about the 54-hour? 
54 hours, $250. And then $300, I'm thinking, uh, I don't have my notes in front of me, but I think it's $300 for a tool. Okay. And the actual date and time the 12-hour rally begins is when? Okay. Uh, the actual date of the 12-hour rally, we're going to have people come in April 24th, which is Friday in, in Fredericksburg, and that's where we'll have our uh, riders meeting and endometer check. And then uh, the actual rally for the 12-hour will begin at 6 o'clock on April 25th on a Saturday. Okay. Yeah, how about the 54-hour event? 54-hour, uh, we're going to ask for the riders to come in. We're going to have a riders meeting there uh, in Fredericksburg on April 22nd. And then we're going to have everybody line up and head on out April 23rd at 6 a.m., uh, which is a Thursday. Okay. So a person wanting to reserve a room there would uh, need to get at least the night of the 22nd probably and then the night of the 25th. Is that right? That's right. Uh, at 12 noon is when the 54-hour uh, uh, event will end. That's when we finish is on 12 noon, April 25th. And then uh, for the 12-hour, of course, you'll be in and done by uh, 1,800 hours, 6 p.m. on April 25th. Um, okay. We're going to have a. We're very fortunate. We're going to have uh, the uh, food provided by the Black Pig, which is a, a local food trailer there that's uh, pretty synonymous for some of the best pulled pork sandwiches you could ever ever want to try to eat. And her grilled uh, uh, garlic, stuffed wow. garlic, and that. Okay. Yeah, I mean she's got. A, she's going to have quite a treat for us. Sounds like it. Anything else you care to share in advance about the rally? Uh, other than uh, be prepared to uh, uh, to have a good ride. Uh, be prepared to to go some places that you normally wouldn't think you wanted to go. Uh, the heart of Texas rally, we, we try to stay away from the big cities as much as possible. And it may not be the case for the 54, but on the 12 hour, we try to uh, to limit as much time on the interstates that we can possibly uh, can. The, uh, like I said, the bonus selection, all the bonus uh, locations have been traveled to and, and we've taken photos of and, and marked on our, on our GPSs exactly where these locations are. So uh, when you get the list, you'll get the best information we can possibly give you to find uh, the bonus locations. It'll be up to, of course, uh, every rider to uh, uh, pick the best and most efficient route. So in addition to uh, Karen helping you like she always does, I understand you got some other characters this year going to be your co-rally master. Is that right? Oh, yes. And, I, and this is the most important. And, and let me tell you, uh, I couldn't pull off a 54-hour rally uh, without having the help that I've got this year. Uh, first person I really want everyone to realize that's put a lot of time and effort in it is Brian Walters. And uh, Brian approached me uh, about as many others, but he really sat down and talked to me about having the rally uh, extended and to, to be more of a, a multi-day rally. And... Um, I tell you what, um, without Brian, there's no way we could pull it off. And then all the other folks that have decided to chip in, Paul Tong and uh, Mark and Margie Prez and, uh, uh, and a few others, I can't think off the top of my head, but uh, they've gone out and, and scouted a lot of these locations for us and, and taken the photos that we needed and required. Also, I would like to say that uh, this year's rally, the Heart of Texas Rally, is being dedicated to the memory of Reagan Walters, uh, Brian's wife that uh, uh, passed away uh, late last year. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited about putting this on and, and including, you know, uh, the memory of her uh, with the rally. Yeah, I remember uh, talking to her briefly last year at the meet, and then uh, when she got... Uh, hurt in the accident and ended up uh, not making it. 
everybody's real sad about that. And then uh, I follow Brian on Twitter and Facebook. It's pretty amazing how uh, how positive he's remained since that event and, and riding and doing all the things that uh, that keep him going. I know he's big time into working out, and he'd lost a lot of weight and got in shape before she passed away. And I think he's kind of uh, continued that since then and just trying to keep on keeping on. So I really respect him for that. Yeah, I have. I keep Brian in, in, in high regard because he's really, he's really gotten, I, I give him some ideas and throw it at him and, and email him and he'll, he'll either call me back or he'll email me back and call uh, what? <laughs> he, he keeps, he keeps me anchored on the ground. And with his experience uh, being in the Iron Butt Rally and his vast knowledge of long distance riding, uh, you know, I, I highly regard all of his opinions and what he asks that we should do and, and you'll see that in the twelve hour rally and in the fifty four. He is the I would say he is no, I'm not gonna say other than he is the uh rally master for the twelve hour this year. So okay. be prepared. Be prepared. Brian has got a real good show going with that. I was picking his brain on Facebook a while back about the computer to get for maybe a rally computer, and I was trying to get him to send me the rally pack, but he wouldn't do it, so I had to wait till April like everybody else. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I've made sure that, um, that uh, uh, you know, there might be a leak here and there. I know uh, I can tell you that uh, I'm going to post a few of the uh, uh, rally bonus uh, locations in the April issue of Thunder Roads, which is an oh, online okay. motorcycle yeah. magazine. So uh-huh. uh, everybody should be able to check that out come April. All right. Hey, one thing um, my co-host here, Justin, came up with is a t- list of 12 questions called the LD Dozen. I wonder if I could spring those on you today and see if uh talk about your riding experience a little bit in some of these questions. That, that good sure. for you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, let's try. All right, we'll do it. This is the LD Dozen. Uh, Co-host Justin came up with these questions, and we kind of talked back and forth email about what were good with and what weren't. But we'll we'll shoot the list out here and see what happens. Uh, tell okay. me what what was your first bike and why? My first bike was a 1971 Yamaha Special 650 Yamaha Special, and I bought it for two hundred dollars. But what draw drew me to it was was a naked woman wrapped in a kind of barely wrapped in a Confederate flag uh, that was painted in oil paint and then slacked on the gas tank. And that was my very first motorcycle street bike. What was your first overnight motorcycle ride? Uh, My first overnight motorcycle ride is to Pueblo, Colorado. I had had a job there and... uh, uh, or I got a job there, and they told me, when can you get there? And and I loaded up a, a bag and, and my tools, and, and off I went and went to Pueblo, Colorado, and, and worked the summer there. All right. What's your day job? My day job is I'm a lineman for XL Energy. Uh, right now, my duties are I'm a serviceman uh, for XL in a little, little bitty town in the Texas Panhandle. I'm sort of like the Maytag repairman here. <laughs> if you have any, what are your some of your uh, one or two of your favorite non-motorcycling hobbies? Uh, well, one of them at one time was uh, I used to be real involved in uh, jeeping. I was a, uh, a trail guide for uh, Jeep Exclusive, which is a local club here in Amarillo that. Uh, was for Jeepers Jamboree, um, the Mark Smith Jeepers Jamboree, and um, I was really big in, in, into jeeping. And then the other thing was, uh, oh, uh, was I used to real like Brian? I used to work out just religiously. There wasn't a day that I didn't put two day or a morning and an afternoon in the gym somewhere. So, okay, but. Uh, I know you and Karen get a lot of places scouting bonuses and snap, but do you have a favorite road? Favorite road? Oh gosh, put me on the spot. My favorite road, I guess, I would say just right off the top of my head, and we really enjoy it, is the uh, is Colorado Highway 149. We really enjoy uh, taking that 
that little highway right there, and then circle around going 550. So that might be our second one, but uh, 149 through Lake City and everything is okay. really a wonderful ride. How about your least favorite road? My least favorite road, uh, one right outside uh, town here, I-40. <laughs> okay. I think that might be popular on the list. I-40 is least favorite roads of anybody. Uh, base camp or streets and trips? Uh, base camps. Base camps. Uh, street and trips, um, well, it's, it's kind of a dead horse nowadays since they don't, uh, they don't have a newer version or won't have a newer version. So base camp is, to me, is more versatile and, uh, you know, I can really manipulate uh, a lot of that of the waypoints and everything. And, and put in notes that I need and everything. So I like base camp the best. All right. And uh, I know you got a different bike uh, for too long ago. You sold that FJR broken down thing to some old English guy up here in northeast Oklahoma. <laughs> but uh, if, if you got a new bike, what is the best sparkle you're going to put? You would put on it. Well, the first uh, sparkle, I should say the first sparkle. Sorry about that. The, the first sparkle. Uh, the first sparkle. I would think. Um, and and Rex Legale turned me on to this. I mean, the and I and it, it may not be a, 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 such a big deal, but the, the Centromatic uh, balancers. Um, you know, I think I would forgo anything else other than those Centromatic balancers uh, for the wheels. Um, okay. Right now, they are really make a whole different bike, whole different bike. And what is your current bike? My current bike is a 2013 Goldwing. Okay. What was your very first rally? My very first rally was uh, the uh, Utah 1088, uh, the one that uh, Steve Chalmers does up there in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. And what is your favorite or most interesting bonus location you've ever visited? Uh, my favorite and most interesting bonus location that I have ever visited would have to be the Newspaper Rock um, in uh, Utah. It's uh, off the highway between Moab and, and LaSalle, I think that is. And, and I could be wrong, but it's, new, it's, it's, on, it's in a uh, small Utah state park, and it's uh, pentagriffs on, on a rock uh, or on actually a cliff. Or, or a side of a, a big rock uh, hill there. All right. Now, how do you pass the time on long rides? Music, audible books, nothing, Karen's screaming your ear? <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, almost uh, all the above, I, I will say Karen uh, is uh, she's really a good passenger and a real good, long, thoughtful conversations just about every, about everything and then then it's the music, and then it's just the just to sit back and enjoy the ride, and just listen to the wind blow through your helmet. All right. Well, that was twelve. Not too rough, huh? No, no, that's a good question. Very good question. I think it'd be pretty interesting listening to those as we go through this to see uh, different riders uh, give different interests on those. Like you said, some of them may be pretty common, like that I forty being a most unfavorable <laughs> road. Yeah, I'd say just about any interstate. <laughs> yeah. All right, James, that's all I got for you today. I'm looking forward to coming down and uh, riding the heart of Texas rally. If you listeners that haven't signed up yet, you can sign up for the 12 hour or 54. And how would they go about signing up if they decide they want to? If they want to sign up, they can go to Ridemaster and uh, look up the 54 12 hour heart of Texas rally, and you can sign up that way. Or if you would rather um, we do have a website, which is called the Hardy Texas Rally uh, dot com, um, and that will take you back to the Ride Master. But there's also instructions if you would just rather just uh, want to email us or uh, even you know put a, a letter in the mail uh, giving us some basic information about yourself, then uh, we can get you signed up and, and get you on board and get you ready for a good time down here in the southwest. All right, sir. I appreciate you being on today. Anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? No. Everybody pray for a fast and warm spring. (laughs) There you go. I'll do it. All right, James. Thanks very much. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye.
All right. Hey, thanks to James and a great interview there, Mike. So what else you got going on besides the big money rally you're riding? Well, I, uh, that's pretty much it at this point. Um, I'm, I'm working on that and hopefully going to get to get to gold sometime here soon. I don't think I'm ever going to get to unobtainium. Uh, the guys who are up there like Paul Slayton and Missouri Bob, uh, yeah, they're, so I've got, let's put it this way. I've got currently 337 points and the top two riders have 1149 and 972 respectively. So <laughs> I don't think I'm in any danger of catching them. Um, but definitely I'll be, uh, shooting for gold. That's my, that's my new, new goal here. So, uh, what about you? What do you got coming up? Well, I probably am not going to ride hard of Texas. I've been having that little problem in my hip. I'm going to go to the doctor tomorrow and see what he says. But I, if I don't ride it, I'll probably uh, at least make an effort to go down there and talk to, to the finishers and the winner and, and make a few pictures to put on the website. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I'm kind of disappointed about I can't even bend over to get socks out of the drawer. Never mind. Uh, uh, hopefully it's one of those things that comes and it just disappears. And you wonder how it started to begin with. But... Yeah, that's that's one of those you definitely have to keep off of it or it's going to never go away. Yeah. But we do have some other events coming up here in the month of uh, April. And you want to talk about some of those? Yeah, so uh, Tour Honor looks like it starts April 1, going through October 31st. Uh, April 4th, we got Paul Tong's Ride to Eat in Salina, Ohio, or Salina, Texas. That's uh, kind of a, there's a tie in there with the Big Money Rally. Uh, April 4th, got to see the Eagles ride to eat in Tiptonville, Tennessee. April 11th, and we're hoping we're pronouncing this right, the Jaime Padron Memorial Iron Butt Run in San, An- San Angelo, Texas. And April 17th through the 19th, Cape Fear Rally in Wilmington, North Carolina. All right. We already mentioned the Heart of Texas, not on the list there at the ironbutt.com, but uh, that rally is the, uh, the last weekend in April. I think it starts... Uh, the day before that for the 54-hour version riders. So it looks like uh, we're getting some warmer weather. The trees around here are all starting to uh, bloom. They either think it's spring or they're going to wake up one morning and be frozen and in for, <laughs> for a rude surprise. But I know that uh, it hasn't been horrible here in Oklahoma winter-wise, but some of the riders up in the northeast part of the country are still digging out from the snow. I know I've uh, heard from some of those guys up there that are can't even get the bikes out they wanted to they're snowed still on the ground yeah yeah i saw the thing on uh, i think it was fenway park they started spreading uh, black sand on the on the field to try to melt the snow because they still had two feet of snow on the field and they're trying to get it prepared for opening day no uh, hey one thing i did want to mention real quick um i mentioned last episode that the uh, lane sharing law uh, in the Washington state legislature. And I just want to give everyone a quick update on that. Um, it looks like it's uh, Senate bill five, six, two, three looks like it has passed the uh, state Senate it's moved on to the state house, which is pretty amazing. Um, in, in my estimation, um, they did modify it, uh, quite a bit, um, still allows, allows for lane sharing, but only in the left hand on the left side of the leftmost lane. So they lowered it from 25 miles an hour over the speed of traffic down to 10 miles an hour over the speed of traffic. And that's only if the traffic is going 25 miles an hour or less. So basically the most, the highest speed you could get is 35 miles an hour uh, if you're sharing lanes. Uh, but we'll see if, how it does in the house. I, I wrote my, uh, all three of my legislatures and only, only got a response from one saying that uh, he wasn't going to support it because ba- essentially motorcycles were inherently unsafe and anything we do would be bad. So <laughs> not really, but that's essentially what it said. So hopefully uh, that'll be interesting to see if it passes. Um, it, it looks like it's a pretty uh, as, as safe as you can get um, version of the, of the law. You're not going to have people flying down in the middle of lanes at 70 miles an hour. So, but at least enough to get you uh, up and moving if it's a, 80 degree day and you're stuck in stop and go traffic on i5 so so like stoplights and stuff do you get to filter down to the front if you can if you can make it down there uh you know there's nothing in it doesn't specifically talk i actually pulled up the bill and read it there's nothing that specifically talks about lane filtering um but i would be willing to bet that this would still apply as long as you were in the left hand most lane and and did it um but I'm sure there'll be some uh, determination on that later. But 
this it it really the way it's written seems to be mostly uh talking about the highway so we'll see all right hey i wanted to mention to those of you who have left feedback uh for us we appreciate that i know that some of you aren't necessarily members of the iron butt association or mayor or any other long distance riding group and uh don't do certificate rides and don't do rallies so we do plan to have some uh episodes coming up here where we talk to people that are just out riding the motorcycle seeing the sights and and some touring so if you're one of those persons that that does that kind of riding and and want to get in contact with us to uh come on the show and tell your story about some great roads you've ridden and places you've been we'd, we'd be glad to talk to you uh jason how would they do that or justin how would they do that if they wanted to uh give us some feedback you know, the best way to do it would probably be either on, on Facebook would be a good way. You can find our page there on Facebook. Uh, you could also email us, and we're at longridersradio at gmail.com, I think. Yeah, that's right. You got <laughs> I never have to actually type it. I just always type your name, and it comes up. Yeah. Uh, if you want, you can hit me up at Twitter. I'm at, uh, at Justin Long Gone, and uh, we're also on Twitter at, at longridersradio. All right. You got anything else this episode? You know, I think that's about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a, it seems like it's gone really quick since our last episode, but man, I've done a lot of writing between now and then and now. So, oh, you forgot to to say where you've been during this between uh, then and now. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I, um, my, my parents are in Hawaii for, uh, for about a month and a half and they invited us to come over and stay with them. And the weather was just gorgeous. And, I knew over in on the Big Island where we were, there was a couple of places I could hit some uh, hit some BMR uh, bonuses, and so I uh, had been researching and on places to uh, to rent a motorcycle over there, and I found um, the the Harley dealership over in Kona will rent to you, and I and it was fairly expensive for that, and so I was like, you know, I could just get like a a little scooter and and ride that thing around. It wouldn't be that big a deal. Well, so they had these 150 CC scooter. Well, what they call a 150 CC motorcycle. That's really a glorified moped. And this thing was, had been ridden hard and put away wet several hundred times. And, uh, like the, I I went and got it the night before I was going to go hit some rides. Excuse me, hit some bonuses. And I, I go to put it on the center stand and the, the foot handle for the center stand breaks off as I'm putting it up there. Like, okay, uh, well, maybe no. I'll, I'll use the center, the side stand. So I, uh, the more I rode this thing around kind of before I went on the ride, I was like, you know, I might not make it back from where I'm going. So <laughs> I had my, my folks and my wife and daughter follow me in the rental car. And so we drove all the way down, rode it all the way down to uh, South point from uh, Kona, which is about, Oh, that's about an hour and a half away um but the speed limit there is it's fairly low most of the time but man this thing could barely go uh it could barely go 60 and uh so on the way back i on the website this place had claimed that uh it it got like 120 miles to the gallon and so i'm like all right well even if it's close to that i should be fine to get because i i'd got gas on the way down there and and as I'm coming back, I'm like, okay, I need to stop and get gas. And I'm coming up this little incline and the power starts going. I'm like, oh no. Uh-huh. So I'm flashing my lights at, at my parents in the rental car and come up to the crest of the hill and I can see there's a gas station right over the crest of the hill. So I had to, I had to walk it, but only probably about uh, uh, maybe an eighth of a mile got gas in it and, and. It, it did not get anywhere near 120 miles to the gallon, more like 60 miles to the gallon. So uh, made it back in one piece and uh, and uh, lived to tell another day, but probably not one of the wisest things I've ever done in my life. But, hey, I got 12, 12 bonus points out of it from the BMR. So. <laughs> well, now you get to fly that, uh, fly that machine over here and do a 50cc on it. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think that would be possible. <laughs> I think it would probably die. <laughs> it, uh, there was a lot of oil on the ground, uh, the, in the morning when I went to start it up. So I, uh, I'm not real confident in that machine's ability to make it much farther than it did. You know, I think it was, uh, maybe Lynn Carey when she went to Hawaii last year, I think she might've rented a 
a similar type uh, scooter. I'm not sure if hers was any better running than the one you had or not. But, <laughs> of course, Chris Rooney, of course, would take offense to you saying that you didn't want to ride a Harley. He, he's going to tell you that serves you right. You should have rented a Harley. I, I will take that any day of the week. Now, I should have. I am The next time I go over there, I will rent the Harley. <laughs> All right. So. Okay, Justin, I don't have anything else. So uh, I guess until next time, you guys leave us some feedback. Tell us what you think and ride safe and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride.